Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News show. It's a transfer special today as we look back on the first of two summer transfer windows in France. If you're wondering how that's possible, you're exactly in the right place. We'll cover all of that. Uh, we'll talk about which teams have started off well with their transfer business, which ones probably have some work left ahead of them. And we'll say you know, a word or two about each of the important transfer stories coming out of France so far this year. I am your host, Pierre-Paul Birmingham. With me today, two of the best from GFFN, Jeremy Smith, hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good, great to have you back. Great to get started with the season again, I guess, with the cup finals coming up, of course. And we also have Clinton McDubbis. Hey, Clinton. Hi, good, good evening. So are you guys excited now that uh, some semblance of football is, is back in France? Uh, we had a few friendly games, but notably last uh, on Sunday, uh, PSG played Le Havre in front of a crowd of 5,000, which puts France ahead of most European countries, I guess. I'm, I'm excited. I saw parts of that game, uh, and it was it was really it was really interesting. Um, it didn't seem like, of course, you, you can't really make any big uh, conclusions from the game because yeah, obviously. <laughs> I saw Mbappe make one run, like one really speedy run. I was just surprised that he was still that fast. <laughs> Very fun. Okay. You didn't sound too excited. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't watch the game, so I can't say I'm the best example. But, you know, I, I, had, uh, I, I, I was done for the day after Arsenal. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Uh, right then, guys, let's get started. So to recap, uh, the transfer window is actually technically closed right now in France. Uh, that It closed on July 9th uh, because the LFP received a notice from FIFA saying that uh, it was limited to 12 weeks of transfer window uh, being open total. Um, and France had already opened it back on June 8th. For three weeks, that was open for only internal transfers inside the French market. So there was only one week uh, in which uh, foreign signings could be officialized. Uh, and now the window is closed again until August 15th, uh, so that the final ending to the summer window, which uh, will be on October 5th, can align with other European countries. Jeremy, what a strange situation. It's it's really bizarre, but I mean, everything about this summer and, and the sort of end of last season and beginning of the next season is bizarre. And obviously, France are a bit of an outlier because they're pretty much the only league who, who's, or the only league that stopped their football early. And uh, I, I don't know if we're going to go into whether that was the right decision or not, but it leaves them in a little bit of limbo. I think mm -hmm. to an extent... Um, the French league is always every summer to an extent that they're sort of waiting to see what the richer teams will do and how much their teams are going to be sort of pillaged by, by the Premier League and La Liga and then and then be able to see what's left afterwards and, and who to bring in and what what positions each each team needs to fill. Mm. Um, but this this time it's even more marked because they're sort of they're more or less conducting a transfer window by themselves at the moment. So it's not such a bad thing that there's this little break now because obviously to have a proper transfer market, you need more than one stool. 
So um, yeah, hopefully when it comes back, it will be a little bit more, uh, or there'll be a bit more sort of transfer mm. action. But it's quite nice to sort of ease your way in with with more internal stuff. And really, I don't know if the consequences are that bad because the only thing this means is that new signings can't yet play until the next transfer window opens, but they can still work on transfers. And the only matches this is going to affect are the uh, cup finals at the end of the month. So, you know, in terms of actual football, I guess it doesn't, it, it doesn't really have any bad consequences on France. It just, I guess, looks kind of bad. And the way the whole situation has been dealt with um, has consistently been a little chaotic. Um, it's been dubbed by GFFN the French football farce, uh, which has at times been very accurate. Um, I think it's, it's frustrating because, I mean, when, when the decision was made, I think it probably was the right decision. It's just mm -hmm. that the decision didn't need to be made then. That's the problem. But I mean, on, as you said, like on the other side of it, now French clubs are able to sort of bed in certain new transfers while other teams are still finishing their previous season. So you could argue that it might benefit some French clubs next year in the sense that they'll be more um, more ready for next season mm -hmm. than, yeah. than other places. But then I suppose you'd only really notice that when it comes to European competition and there's, there's going to be so few French teams um, in that that I don't know if it'll make that much difference. But it's certainly going to be interesting to, to see how next season goes. You know, maybe it will advantage france come next summer because certain players will be fresher but who knows yeah and i mean i still think that the outcome is really not that bad for france it's probably the right one actually um because the league will get started in august almost as usual maybe a couple of weeks late whereas i don't think we really know what foreign leagues will be doing um how they're going to take a break after this ongoing season or not i mean i, I don't think that's very clear yet um, yeah, I don't think they're going to have um, lengthy breaks, probably just mm -hmm. a few weeks, and then they'll be back for the new season. So, in this in this regard, I think um, perhaps um, French teams would be more, would be better conditioned in terms of fitness going into next season, because they would have like actual pre-seasons. I mean, they're already having pre-seasons, you know, now compared to the other um, teams from the other leagues who would go straight into next season without any real fitness work and, and all of that so yeah I'm, I'm glad you agree with me i think yeah the process of the whole decision making and the way everybody just defended their interests was quite ridiculous but um the outcome might be all right uh right so let's talk about you know some of the actual transfers <laughs> um clinton why don't we start with you what you know what is a team in ligan that has impressed you so far with their with their transfer dealings I have to say Nice. Uh, I think apart from the Schneiderlin transfer, which um, made me scratch my head a lot, um, <laughs> it's still it's still fair. But uh, I mean, they got him for about two million, so it's not it's not like they overpaid or anything. But uh, I, I I thought the they, they did well with um, the other signings they made. Asan Kamara was a brilliant signing. I mean, I was I was screaming for someone to sign him and they just stepped in and did that and there's also um Guiri from um, leon i thought that was a very 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 smart signing and uh, there's this guy robson bamboo that he signed from from brazil i don't know much about him i mean obviously he's coming from brazil but 
if if I can look at um, maybe Bruno Bruno Guimaraes of um, Leon and how he, he impacted the Leon side from Brazil, maybe that's a good sign. But generally, I think Nice have, have done some good business with the players they've signed so far. Um, my only issue is Snyder Limbaugh. Perhaps it would fit in. I think they're still you know looking to do more. Um, close closely um, close to that close to that. Um, I'm also looking at Saint Etienne. Um, I think that this time around their approach to the market is pretty interesting. I've seen some of the players they're linked with. I saw him linked with a player in um, the Algerian league, and also they signed Crasso from um, Sassepinal, who like, completely wrecked them in the Coupe de la Ligue. Uh, sorry, is it Coupe de la Ligue or Coupe de France now, where he smashed so many goals. And um, they also after Oshish. Um, it's not official yet, but apparently he's going there as well. So I like the approach they are taking. Um, they are not just going for um, players that are you know on their last legs like they were doing before with Kabaye and and Co. I think this time around it seems like there's some thought to their um, transfer market activity. So I'm pretty excited to see how they look and line up next season. So I think those two clubs have really caught my eye with their transfer. Yeah, you mentioned Yon Kabay at Saint-Étienne, who has left, by the way, he's a free agent. And the Adil Aushish uh, deal is complete. Uh, he signed officially for a fee of 1.2 million euros, which is uh, probably a very good price if uh, he's as good as everyone uh, says he is. Um, but let's let's go back to Nice for a second there, Clinton. Uh, you mentioned Schneiderlin. I think that's an interesting deal because he's only ever played three matches in Liga. Uh, for Strasbourg some like 12 years ago. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see him uh, returning uh, to Ligue 1 and maybe he can, I think he can bring something to them. Uh, but I wanted to talk about Amin Goury, which uh, got, uh, that transfer got a lot of attention. Nice stole him from Lyon for 7 million euros. I say stole because uh, a lot of people in Lyon have been upset about that move. Jeremy, uh, and it's not the first time in the last few years that young players out of Lyon are leaving, uh, often heading south for whatever reason. But uh, what did you make of, of that deal? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's a real pity. And I just I feel like that there's there's still there's something wrong at Lyon. Um, and I just I think that they're, they're losing their soul to an extent. And you know, there's always been this sort of convey about not only of French, young French players but even sort of within management and within coaching and it just feels like they're losing that you know Greg, Gregory Coupe was talking last week or the week before is kind of unveiling at, at Dijon as, as a goalkeeping coach there about how you know he just he was waiting for a call and he just never got a call to even find out if you know they were even going to be discussing a new contract for him so he just got tired of waiting and left mm-hmm. um and and the same same with the players, you know, Kalulu as well has has gone to Milan. Um, and uh, what's his name? The the young left back is it Bard? Melvin Bard. Um, looks like he could be leaving as well. And <clears throat> I think it's because they're getting a message that they're not going to get the chances that that young players have had in the past. Obviously, um, um, Shirky is the the sort of exception that proves the rule. But you know, by all accounts. He's such a talent that he's an exception anyway. But Guiri, you know, he hasn't done much wrong. He's still scoring consistently in, in you know, for France in the in the youth internationals and 
and for Leon's reserves, he's come back from a bad injury, which which slowed his progress a little bit. But he's seeing players come in, and you know, with all due respect to them, Cadawera and even maybe Tokoe Kambi, are they such you know marquee strikers that they deserve much of a chance ahead of Guerrero? I'm not so sure. Terry also has been forced out, and I don't like what's happening there. I know Juninho is is obviously a Leon legend, but it does feel like he's he's kind of taking away a lot of the kind of DNA of the club and just replacing it with a lot of, you know, in some cases, pretty average Brazilians. And and I worry for Leon long term. And you know, I know Garcia is obviously getting a lot of the flack, and I don't think that helps. But um, I feel like that the problems there are a little bit more deep rooted than than just the coach. And from Lisa's point of view, I think it's a, a great signing. But for, for Guiri and, and Terrier, not only, I think, are they big losses to Lyon, but in both cases, they seem, you know, obviously there's going to be add-ons, but it seems a bargain um, in, in both cases. I think Lyon um, could have held out for a lot more from both of them, for either of them. Mm, yeah. And Garcia has been criticized, as you say, um, for maybe not playing Guiri enough, not giving him a chance, which maybe is a fair criticism. But, you know, this problem dates from way before Garcia. And of course, I think I think it started uh, back with the Anthony Martial transfer when he uh, when Monaco took him from uh, Lyon maybe five years ago. Um, let, let's uh, finish up with uh, Nice, because uh, on the in the other direction, Clinton, uh, there are a few departures. Uh, Ignatius Ganago, Ganago is gone to Lens, um, but especially Malang Sar is now a free agent. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very very big um, loss, in my opinion. But um, I guess there was really nothing they could do in the end. He he really wanted to leave, so they let him. And I I was really touched by their tribute um, to him. As he was leaving, so I I thought that was very good. Um, it was all in good faith. Um, so, but uh, I think they would have they would have to replace him, and they have to do that, you know, with someone that is as good as him or better. And that could prove to be very very because it's also it was also it also proved to be very versatile for them. I mean, he played on the left and then centrally and all that. So um, that's that's a huge huge loss. But I think um, they have that they, they, they would actually. Know, fix that. Um, the I assume the bamboo transfer is one of the ways that they are, they are sorting that out. Mm-hmm. Well, bamboo is, you know, central and right. Malangsa is central and left. So I guess it would probably buy one more player there, versatile and left left sided as well. But also they lost um, Adam Unas. They didn't they didn't get him back. Like his loan ended and he left. Yeah. I thought that was also. You know, that's that's also so I was looking forward to him signing permanently, perhaps, and you know, to seeing more of him because I think he was really good, you know, this past season. But I mean, um, I think with the way we what we've seen so far, getting Gary and and the likes, I think that um, they are on the right path, and they're probably getting two, three more signings that blow our minds. So I'm curious to see how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, they they had some some very interesting deals uh, for sure. Jeremy, uh, what club impressed you so far? Uh, well, I have to admit that Nice and Saint-Étienne were the two that I was going to mention. Really? So, oh. although it's but let me ask you, 
because uh, I was kind of surprised when Clinton said Saint-Étienne. I mean, okay, Aushish uh, is, is a, sounds like a good deal. Um, but given how bad of a season they had last year, you know, do they need more or shouldn't, shouldn't they need more? Or, I mean, what, what needed to change really for them? Well, I think, I think lots, <laughs> lots needs to change there. Yeah. But um, I think one one thing is an injection of youth um, and a little bit more sort of exciting young talent. And you know, the, obviously they're not exactly the same players. Maybe it's a, it's an unfair comparison. But yeah, when you look sort of at someone like Kabai in the last window and then Arushish in this one, it just it does this it does suggest that there's a little bit more thinking um, going on behind it. Castle, I think, is maybe a little bit of a, of a risk because he's unproven at, at anywhere near that level, despite the sort of his part in their giant killing. Um, mm. I think, and then Makudi will come back. He's actually come back today, I think, but he'll come back a little bit stronger from from his experience in England, even though it wasn't necessarily a good one. So I just, I mean, again, it's it's difficult to say because it's early in the window, but I just think there seems yeah. to be a little bit more kind of strategy behind it than than. Uh, just chucking money at, at any old player just because he's a bit of a name. Um, but a, a lot depends on which players leave and, and who they manage to keep because, you know, for example, Buanga kept them going at points last season. If they lose him, then that's a problem. Um, I guess the same for, for Fana, considering that, that Salib has already left. But I just feel like they've made a good start. So with uh, Saliba, that's another question I had for you. Uh, you know, is there any hope of seeing him for the Coupe de France final at the end of the month? Or, you know, what's the situation there? It's, it sounds like there is. Um, but I think a decision was supposed to have already come out by now. Um, <clears throat> I think that it, it depends a lot on... It's, I don't know. I mean, nothing clear-cut has come out. But obviously the sticking point was that it happened that uh, one more match would trigger an extra payment from Arsenal. Um, so they're obviously saying, well, you know, we're, we'll let him play, but we're not going to pay that extra money. And Saint-Étienne, you know, depending on whose side you're on, maybe cheekily said, well, we still expect something. Um, I think it would be nice if people took the players' feelings into account rather than just Mm. Um, you know financial concerns and it would be such a great send-off for him if he was able to to you know play his final match in the in the Coupe de France final and um, I think it has been suggested that you know he didn't come back particularly happy with everything at Arsenal um, considering a deal hadn't been done so I think maybe Arsenal actually reached out to Saint-Étienne to, to try to keep Saliba happy so I think they will find some kind of arrangement. But can you imagine if he gets a bad injury, if he plays and gets a bad injury? I mean, the, the, the shitstorm will follow and God knows what kind of compensation claims will be going on. But I, ho- I hope that he, he gets to play and that he comes through unscathed for, for sort of all parties concerned. It, it feels like it would be unlikely that in the one match he gets an injury. But, you know, I guess it is a risk that exists. We are um, talking about Arsenal as well. <laughs> yeah, tell me that. about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, right. So, uh, did I interrupt you? Were you? Did you have a third choice behind Nice for Saint Etienne? Or uh, I was going to say, 
at risk of sounding biased. Um, mm-hmm. I actually think Mess have had a reasonable cancer window so far. It's been um, very busy. Yeah. It has been busy. They're, they're, their ins and outs are almost as long as Monaco's for one. <laughs> Never a good sign. <laughs> but. Um, I mean, as usual, there's lots of sort of loans coming back and leaving yeah. again. And, but I think, you know, signing, uh, getting Pajot now, except before I wasn't ever totally convinced about him, but he really, you know, was a, a big part of them staying up last year. So making that permanent, I think, is big. Kevin and Doran, the same thing, especially because they fought off competition from Loss and everyone at Mets quite rightly hates Loss. So that was a coup. The problem was that literally two days after the transfer, he did his ankle ligaments and is out for at least six months. So that's not ideal. Okay. Um, Thierry Ambrose hasn't yet really shown much, but again, you know, he's been spoken about for such a long time as a talent that I don't mind that we're we're sort of bringing him back and permanently and and giving him more chances. And then the exciting one I think is uh, Wagner Diaz from actually from Saint Etienne, but he's just had a, a really successful 18 months or so at Nancy. So um, I think that by the end of last season they seemed um, pretty tight in defence and midfield. And they could do with maybe bringing in another defender, and I think that they are looking at a couple. But um, yeah, a little bit more more strength up front would be good. So I'm quite excited about Wagner and, and Ambrose. Obviously, um, the the sort of not the elephant in the room, but certainly when you look at Messi's spending as well, it's probably all done on the expectation that we're going to get a good a good fee for for Diallo. So a lot depends on whoever replaces him, whether it's Nian or Ambrose or you know Diaz popping up with goals as well. Um, you know that that's a lot of goals that they're going to lose, um, and that's that's the big risk. I still I've always thought in any league that you know, a reliable goal scorer can can hide a multitude of, of sins or weaknesses in the rest of the team. Um, so that's a big onus for whoever replaces Diallo. But hopefully they can either whoever is already there or whoever bring, comes in. Can, can do the business and I'm hoping that you know we're, we're having our stadium or elements of the stadium rebuilt and new training grounds so hopefully we're on an upward curve after um, too many years in the wilderness <laughs> yeah um, and on the departure side of course Renaud Coad has, has I think he's his contract ran out and now he's uh, I don't think he's retired but he is 35 and he doesn't have a club Um, but he's been a Ligue 1 stalwart for for a long time. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, who has disappointed you or who do we think is going to uh, be very busy in, in the later weeks of the transfer market, maybe because they haven't done much up to now or maybe because they will really be needing it. Clinton, who um, would you have down for that? That, that's interesting. Uh, so far, I do not think that Monaco have moved as fast as I'd have expected, you know, because they have so many players to let go of and also so many players to um, mm. bring in. And I think they've been dealing a lot with the um, DSC transfer. Um, there's been so much talk about him and it seems like there's a three million difference between you know, what they want to pay and what um, I'm uh, asking for. 
So I, I think that they are, they are really delaying and they could lose lose out on, on him if they delay further. And I mean, now the window is closed, so there's a lot of time to still negotiate and all that. But I think they should have sealed that by now, uh, you know, and a few others. Um, they've also been linked with um, Diego Llorente um, from Sociedad. And I, I'm not so sure that that's, that's, you know, the kind of sign they should be making. But um, oh, it seems like Moreno has his favorites as well, players that he wants to bring on board who would actually, you know, be the manager's boys. So um, perhaps I can understand that, you know, that kind of signing, you know, players that he, he would feel would have his back in the dressing room and all of that. I mean, all of those kinds of transfers are important. They've also been linked with Paul Torres, I think. So, um, but I think they've been pretty indecisive so far. Still don't know if Badia Chile is living or not. And, you know, a few other things. I think following the way their season went, you know, last year and how they sort of missed out on Europe, um, they should have been really, you know, quick in getting their targets in and all of that. They've had so much time and they've, they've really not done enough, in my opinion. Mm. I think it's been a bit disappointing there. Um, I thought Lille did well with um, the Liège transfer. But um, this this um, Osimhen um, indecision so far, it's it's also another issue um, because they really need to sell him as soon as possible so that they can know you know what they have left for the season and how they're going to plan that. And I think so far they've not been able to do that yet. He's he's not wanting to go to Napoli, and I think that's the only place where they have any real concrete offer. I think I heard of a Milan. A possible Milan um, bid, you know, coming. But overall, I think that there are certain things that they should have sorted by now, you know. So mm. for me, it's it's more about the slowness and the indecisiveness of these teams, considering what they need to do for next season. I mean, it's pretty clear, and there should be a clear direction and some quick deals tied up already. I mean, Bayern are a big club, and you know. I'm, I'm just using them as an example. When Bayern have maybe a poor season or something, or when they really need to start planning for the next season, they take care of their deals pretty quickly. And they've already done that again, you know. And these are even more complicated deals than you know, the ones that the likes of Lille and Monaco are negotiating. So, I mean, they really do not have an excuse. I don't see why, you know, all those things should be taking so long. But I get it. Um, they just got Paul Mitchell in at Monaco. So maybe it's going to take a bit, a bit of time. But... I don't know. I think it's taking too long. I think they, they should have their team already and start. They should be, you know, building cohesion um, during preseason already at this point, so that when the season starts, well, they're ready instead of deadline deals and all of that. Well, about Lille, I mean, um, they need to sell uh, because of you know the financial rules in France. They need to sell, and that's why Ozaman is almost certainly gone. Although my theory is that. They're getting rid of him because his first name is not Jonathan. Um, <laughs> because the deal they are working on, which sounds pretty interesting, is a guy called Jonathan David from yeah. uh, who plays in Belgium. He's a he's a Canadian, Canadian international, which is quite rare in Europe. Uh, quite interesting, I guess. And he was top yeah. scorer in Belgium this season, just like Ozeman yeah. last year. But that, um, that has been that rumor has been there for weeks now. And you still not tied that deal down. I guess they are waiting for the OCM money, though. So perhaps that's it. 
Well, they made an offer of 25 million euros. Um, that seems to be sure. I mean, that sounds like a, a lot of money, right? For someone I've never really heard of. Um, but, um, you know, if they if they are convinced that he's good, I guess I why not? I've seen a bit of him. I think he's, he's an excellent signing for them, actually. And it would be great for them. Mm. I think so. And another guy they have, uh, you know, it's not officialized either, but it's looking, it's been looking good is um, this guy Sven Botman from Ajax, who apparently played every minute in the league for Ajax last season uh, at center back. That could be a replacement for, uh, for yeah, Gabriel, should he leave to Everton or, or somewhere else? Um, he's also uh, being watched, I guess. Um Jeremy, who has has disappointed you uh, thus far? Um, I think for for the reasons that we've already talked about, Lyon have. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I don't know who they're who they're planning to bring in, if anyone. But I'm just really unimpressed with with mm. um, who they've got rid of and how they've got rid of them. Can we talk um, about that transfer, uh, the Martin Terrier transfer, um, sold to Rennes? For 12 million euros, who I think, I mean, I think at this point we can kind of say Rennes is a rival for Lyon, right? In terms of a sporting level. Um, I, I don't sleep about them. <laughs> well, maybe they are. Yeah, they've been, they've been very, 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 I mean, the players they've been linked with so far, and they're trying to get Salus to steal. Um, so I think they've been actually, because I, I always say this, that I'm always scared for teams that qualify for Europe who are in the traditional big teams, or at least in this era, the Lyons and the mm. Monacos and the um, Marseilles. Once um, it's not one of those teams, then I'm, I'm already scared that they'll get weaker. And that's always my problem, because I don't think France have the luxury of weakening their um, coefficient with one of their representatives being weaker after qualifying and then going to Europe to mess up. So. I'm always very, very skeptical about such teams, you know, making it to Europe. And of course, we're on last season, they qualified and then they lost, um, you know, Benjamin Andre and, and a few others. Mm. And Lille as well lost Pepe and, and the likes. So, and of course, they didn't really do so well in Europe and then they were out. Um, so this season, I've been, this, this summer, I've been very, very surprised by how Renner handled things. I think they are going to be stronger rather than weaker, which is a pleasant surprise for me. I think, um, yeah, I have to also say that I've been impressed with them. I mean, it's still their only uh, so signing, I, I, but... Sorry, John, Jeremy, yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I'm impressed with all the players they've been linked with, but I'm not impressed until they've come in. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Wait and see. And it, it's interesting that there are a couple of rumours. I mean, they're not... They're often the more controversial French correspondents, but there are a couple of French correspondents that are suggesting that, um, I'm not going to say that Stefan is a sort of Mourinho figure, but that there is some tension between him and certain players and, you know, possibly that may or may not be why Niang, for example, wants to leave. Um, and again, a little bit like Diallo, Niang came up with a lot of goals last year. So mm. if he was to go, um, Teguier is not an out-and-out goal scorer. I guess you could argue not in the end, but um, they need to they need to find somewhere to to make up all those goals. Um, so, and with the Champions League campaign to to kind of add to the to the workload, I think 
I expect them to have a good transfer window because I think they are well run at the moment. But it's it's very important that they do, I think. And when you match up the players they've been linked with and how many have actually come in so far, it's it's not yet very impressive. Mm, yeah, they haven't gotten much done. Uh, I kind of agree with that. Um, right. Uh, let's move on and talk quickly about uh, the... Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We've gone half an hour and we haven't bought a PSG yet, um, yes. apart from their, their little friendly match. Uh, but actually, PSG haven't been very busy either, which is probably why we haven't talked about them. Um, and Jeremy's... Jose's come back, and that's that's all they need. <laughs> He's here to save them. <laughs> um, yeah, well, coming in, Jose is back up from loan. Maro Icardi is a uh, uh, that transfer has been completed, uh, made a permanent deal, 50 million euros, which I guess is a you know relatively reasonable price um, for a player like Icardi. Um, but they have been losing players. Once again, uh, Thomas Meunier is out. Ed Cavani, of course, uh, contract is out. It ran out. And and Clinton Tongi Kwasi is off to Bayern Munich. PSG have lost another youngster. Yeah, um, I, I this time around though, I, I don't really blame them. I think they did what they could. Mm-hmm. You know, try to get him to sign. They, they gave him minutes. They, they pretty much did give him the uh, rabio treatment. When the that that time when they made Rabio captain over certain players as well, just to get him to sign and all that. I think they, they, they did all of that. Um, I would have understood his decision if he was going to a Saint Etienne or a Rennes or something, but going to Bayern kind of confuses me, especially considering his reasons for leaving PSG. As I, you know, he wants a place where he can get enough minutes and all of that, and then he goes to Bayern. Bayern. First of all, um, I think PSG gave their youngsters more minutes than Bayern last season, and also it's it's a lot more competitive there than you would have you know had to face in Iran or I mean you would have definitely gotten a lot of minutes in those teams in France outside of PSG. And I think PSG really had like plans for him, and it was pretty clear that you know they really valued him and rated him highly. So I think you would have been better off staying at PSG or joining one of those um, French teams, but going to Bayern, I'm not so sure. And I'm very, very skeptical about the amount of minutes he'll get and the amount of patience he'll get if he doesn't hit the ground running and you know show what he's about early. So um, on this this one, I, I really wouldn't put it on PSG. I know it's disappointing that they lost you know yet another player, but I think they, they did enough to keep him. In the end, it was just about him. And I think I understand why they were so pissed with Bayern because it seemed like they had succeeded in keeping you know, him and then all of a sudden he made a U-turn and he was gone. So I think in this, I'm not going to blame them for it. I think they did what they could. Mm. Yeah, it was a, it was a big surprise uh, when they announced that for sure. Uh, and another one for PSG is Thiago Silva, whose contract is running out, uh, well, was running out this year and they said they weren't going to keep him. But from what I understand, he is going to play in the Champions League matches in August, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, because he played. He played yesterday, I think, in in the in the friendly. So he is still around for now. Uh, but the thing with PSG is that last season they really were lacking in midfield, right? And yeah. 
you would think, you know, they would be looking into that. And it's not like they're limited on resources and it's not like uh, FFP is a problem anymore. Maybe they were just waiting for that to wait and see <laughs> <laughs> if there was a limit to how much they could spend. But um, Well, um, I think that they would, they would um, do their business later on when they are, they are very sure, I mm -hmm. guess. Probably in August when the window re reopens, I think they will get maybe one or two, two more players. I don't think they should go for um, Savage though. I, I don't understand that transfer. I think Benasse is the more sensible option. They've been linked to Benasse. Benasse, ooh. Oh. Yeah, I think he's the more sensible option. I don't know why they're going after Savage, but I guess we'll see. Interesting, yeah. Um, okay, let's go through some of the other teams real quick uh, and see what was uh, relevant or interesting. Ah, here's one. I was surprised, Clinton, that you didn't mention uh, that you didn't mention Reims, uh, considering teams that have done well. Um, I've been impressed. They signed Valen Berisha for five million yeah, from, yeah, from yeah. Lazio. Uh, yeah, I think my head has just been full. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was very, very impressed with that. I don't know how they pulled it up, but they did, and that was very, very impressive. That that came out of nowhere. I didn't, I mm -hmm. did not expect it at all. But overall, I think um, I'm just waiting to see, you know, how they they deal with um, sales that they're going to have to make before. So I just want to see what their squad looks like by the time the window is done. I'm, mm. I'm just well, so. Waiting. I mean, they sold Kamaha, as we mentioned. Dizazi is also very likely going. Um, we said Monaco. Uh, yeah, they're pretty close to maybe finding a deal there. But even if it's not Monaco, someone will probably come in. Um, but they have basically said, I was listening to them talk today. Um, one of the, uh, uh, I think he's a sporting director. I can't remember what position exactly from from Hans saying that basically... Uh, Basically, they're done with their transfers coming in. They have everything they want uh, yeah, they so signed, far. Um, Everton, yeah, uh, a Scottish striker, 20 years old, 1 meter 95. I'm really excited to <laughs> find out uh, what kind of playing style he has. And they've also kind of deepened the Belgian connection in, in defense with uh, two new guys, uh, Wout Fess and Thibaut de Smet. Well, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce um, their names. I'm not very good with Belgian names, unfortunately. Um, uh, Jeremy, in the absence of Mo, I'm going to get you to talk about Marseille. There's been, uh, they've made the Alvaro Gonzalez deal permanent, which is uh, for 4 million. That sounds like a good price for them. They also took Pap Gay. Uh, that was a contentious one. Can you walk us through what happened there exactly? Yeah, so he he kind of signed a pre-contract in January. He was he's a free agent as of this summer, mm. and he signed a pre-contract with Watford in January, saying that he would join them in the summer. And then he changed representation for agents and claimed that his he was kind of unduly influenced by his previous agent that the agent signed the contract or kind of misled him, and so the contract was signed on terms that were unfavorable to him um, and also it turned out that um, he went he had medicals at Watford on a date before the date at which or from which he could he could start talking to other clubs or visiting other clubs or whatever 
So he's kind of used all of that all together to, to basically unilaterally treat his Watford contract as, as void and uh, assign him Marseille instead. Mm. Um, I mean, Watford have, have kind of been making noises that they're not going to let it lie, but they also, I don't think, have done much about it yet. I assume that they're going to want compensation rather than the player, which could be interesting in itself, because obviously Marseille don't have much spare money um, going around. Mm. But as a pure, purely on a on a sort of footballing basis, I think I think it's a good signing. Marseille obviously can't do much; they can't bring much in until they sell. Um, and so securing um, Gonzalo or Alvaro as, as a as a permanent signing, I think, is huge. And he really wanted to stay, so you know, I think that works out both ways. Pab Gare thinks a good signature, and then and then we'll see who else they're going to bring in. There's rumours they may bring in a, a Dortmund defender. Um, but they need to kind of walk that tightrope of of keeping Vilas Boas happy because I think he he proved last year he's clearly the most important person at that club at the moment. Um, and so bringing players in for him to feel that he can compete mm. and sort of not embarrass himself on champ in the Champions League, but obviously also you know not go overboard spending money that they don't have. Um, and so I don't think they're going to be able to do much more until they start selling players. And, you know, every day there seems to be another player linked. And the good thing from their point of view is that players don't really want to leave. Um, so, I mean, it, it shows that things are working well there and there's a good atmosphere. But at some point, I think they're going to have to sell. Um, you know, Strootman is on huge wages. Um, Tova actually there hasn't been much interest but he could go Sanson I think would quite like to come to England and has changed his agent um, on purpose to, to to try to secure that move today both fullbacks have been linked with 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 moves but they've both said they're quite happy to stay as well so I think it's going to be a really interesting summer at Marseille but certainly on, on the incoming I don't think we're going to see too much until until the the depot section gets a little bit longer. Um, the good news was also that um, Dimitri Payet uh, signed a new contract, taking a pretty substantial pay cut, uh, which uh, will, I guess, help them with the financial uh, stuff. And what was that? I don't know how they pulled that off. Like Dean is very very surprising. <laughs> it's because he loves the club. That's what he said. <laughs> but you know, I, I used. Are you suggesting there's something we don't know? No, 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 no. I just, I just think that it's very impressive that they were able to that mm. convince him to take that kind of pay cut and actually yeah. that because it was a lot. I mean, he sacrifices a lot. Yeah. And he, at the start of the summer or the start of lockdown, he was one of the players that was making a big fuss about how he can't possibly take yeah. any kind of reduction because he has too many commitments or something yeah, like true. that. So I'm I'm a little bit cynical about how much of this is a bit of a PR stunt. We'll see. Interesting. Uh, speaking of things to which maybe there are elements we don't know, Montpellier signed Steffi Mavididi from Juve for 6.3 million, which to me sounded like a lot of money. I mean, I think he's good, but um, I see a lot of surprising deals in and out of Juve for surprising <laughs> amounts of money. I don't know what's happening over there, but it's a good signing for Montpellier, I think. Um, he did all right with Dijon, um, 
and uh, it'll be interesting. I don't think anybody at Montpellier speaks English, so it'll be interesting to see how they get along. But <laughs> um, an interesting replacement to Suleiman Kamara, who has retired this year. Um, Montpellier, what they need though is a, is a goalkeeper, really. Now that Jeronimo yeah. Rudi is gone, um, and I, I don't know who that's going to be, but you know they have work left to do there. Okay, um, uh, moving on quickly, let's have a look. Uh, Lorient, Jeremy, uh, who got promoted, they have kind of splashed out, and they notably signed Adrien Gerbich. Gerbich, I'm not quite sure. I'm not good with the triple consonants, um, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Uh, he was a uh, top scorer in Ligue 2, right? Uh, second top, Cad- okay. Cadewera. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, I th- you know, again, I, know I keep mentioning him, but um, a good example is, you know, two years ago, Charbonnier was a top scorer in Ligue 2 yeah. and, and Diallo was second. Last year, Diallo carried on where he left off and, and Charbonnier really, really struggled. So, um, and there's other, been other players recently, maybe Sané as well, who um, she go to Caen, I can't remember now, Caen 3, I think. Um, you know, some some players can't make that step up. Buzok as well struggled. So um, it it just remains to be seen whether he's one that can make that transition. He did look very talented last year, so um, and it was in demand. Um, you know, it looks like logging on poached him off off best, which I don't think went down too well, but. Um, I think mm. it's a it's a good sort of statement signing by Lorient, and obviously he needs to needs to back it up with goals next season. Yeah. Um, and in other news, uh, so this one was ages ago, but uh, uh, Bordeaux, uh, sorry, not Bordeaux, uh, Angers signed uh, uh, Paul Bernardoni from Bordeaux for 7.5 million euros, which also sounded like a lot of money uh, for Angers to be spending, but I guess he's been good. Uh, where was the next one I was going to mention? Dijon. Dijon. Dijon haven't done too much, have they? I mean, they signed uh, a player from PSG on loan for with an option to buy for four million uh, called Junior Dina Ibembe, uh, who yes. could be interesting. Oh, okay. You seem to know more about it than I do. Go on. Okay, I said um, he was he was a lover last season, and um, I was very excited when I saw news of the transfer because um, I think he's going to be great with Chia. I think it's the right place for him. I'm I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of how Dijon play and how much of a threat they are when they go forward. So I think he's going to slot in really well and do well. Um, uh, yeah. Mhm. And so the other transfer I was going to mention was. Uh, Gael Kakuta, who has uh, returned to his uh, the club from his youth, Lens. Uh, he's on loan from Amiens, who got relegated, uh, with an option to buy for five million, which is automatically triggered if Lens stay up this season. Uh, so that will be a, a fun one to follow as well. Lens also signed Ignatius Ganago, as as we might have said, from Nice. Uh, I think that's all we're going to mention today um as always for all the latest news from french football you can follow us on twitter at gffn or check out the website getfootballnewsfrance.com also have a look at the latest president's podcast which came out a few days ago in which uh, we interview darren tullett who 
I know him better as Darren Tulette. Uh, <laughs> I think most French people will as well. He's been on French TV as a presenter and broadcaster for years and years now. Um, and I, I think he's one of the best presenters on French TV for sure. He's a, he's a super interesting guy. And I'm sorry to say, Jeremy, but I think he's probably the most famous Brighton fan in France. Um, uh, in, fr in France, I think he probably is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing he's got no competition. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, definitely check out that interview. He's a, he's a great guy and I'm looking forward to uh, finishing listening to that for sure. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. And thanks, Clinton. And uh, we'll be back sooner than you know. There's cup finals coming up in a couple of weeks in France. And uh, we'll be talking about those for sure. Thank you for listening.